In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed under the site this program for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys Radio, brought to you by the Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, both located in Hope, Arkansas. I am one of your hosts, David Henderson. And I'm Jeff Madlock. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I thought I'd throw that in there. You did, and I I see that that's what happened. <laughs> Good times here. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, here in Arkansas, we are exactly two days away. Well, four days away. Two work days away. School starts Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what? You got like this weird new math thing going on or something. What? I don't understand. What are we doing? <laughs> what, what's happening? <clears throat> oh, my goodness going to be one of those shows it is anytime not not any yes anytime we don't have a guest it is one of those shows because there is no one to help rein us in and we are just wild monkeys <laughs> i know and i had 12 donuts <laughs> <laughs> okay it wasn't 12 uh, well, it, was it was 11 and a half yeah. <laughs> He, he did let me eat one. <laughs> <laughs> My sugar high is a little high. It's way up there. But yeah, going to be a great show. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you want to tell him? Do you want me to tell him? Who's no, going to tell him? Go ahead. You go. You want me to tell him? All right. So we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about a technology checklist for starting the school year. So uh, those of you heading back to the classroom, if you've not been to your classroom yet, checking on the various technology that's in there, um, what you had last year, or if you're in a new room or what have you, kind of kind of give you a rundown, some things to look for, look at, test out, that type of thing. We're also going to talk about CIPA, C-I-P-A. That is the Child Internet Protection Act. And we'll talk about how, <clears throat> how that affects schools and uh, things to know for the upcoming year. And then um, why our heads and everything else should be in the cloud. <laughs> I came up with that one. He did. All by his lonesome. No, I was just, uh, I stole it. I'm not going to lie. All by hmm. myself. It's not time for the music portion. Oh, of the, man. Of the show yet. <laughs> <laughs> so as, uh, as some of my guys would say, stop the madness. No, uh, I, I tried. I tried. I tried to stop the madness, and <laughs> it, it just made it worse. So, Probably. yeah, um, uh, right off the bat, uh, school school starting in Arkansas here, Monday the uh, 15th. So we were thinking about what to do on the show today. And some of the topics were like, hey, well, let's talk about the new school year. Because around the country, the new school year is getting ready to kick off. And professional development is in full swing at a lot of schools around the country and wrapping up in some schools around the country. Yeah. And teachers are getting ready to head back towards the classroom. 
and uh, you know, do their thing, do uh, their education thing. <laughs> do you like that? Yeah. Education you had thing. Way too many donuts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the first things we're talking about is maybe a technology checklist for the start of the school year. Yeah, man. And you know, uh, first of all, when you get back to school, you know, do your tech department a favor. They've probably already done this for you, but you know, make sure that all your hardware is work in a working order. And by hardware, I mean you know your computer, your television, your projector, your Apple TV, your uh, Google, your Chromecast. You know, anything that you have in the classroom that you're going to need to use for the year, because lots of things happen over the summer. You know. Uh, the custodians come in and clean the room. Stuff gets unplugged. Something could fall over. You know, roaches could attack it. Yeah, you never know what could happen with your stuff. So, you know, you could have a, an entire roach family living in your projector bulb. It could happen. I've seen Yay, it Yay, that's what a great, what a pleasant thought that is. <laughs> but, you know, uh, that's, that's one of the first things is always make sure you check out all your hardware. Number two on my list was, um, have you created your new folder? So here's one that always catches everybody. And, you know, I know teachers, they get their buckets together. And they get their names of their kids on the tables. And now I'm thinking elementary. Right. But, you know, for teachers, especially in the digital world, if you're using Office 365 or you're using Google Drive, you know, it might be time to archive those old folders that say 2015, 2016 on them. And, you know, get your new ones out that say 2016, 2016, 2017. Sorry. You, you okay? I kind of choking my tongue there. <laughs> It was really crazy right there. <laughs> so yeah, you want to get out those. Uh, you want to get those folders renamed and and get them ready to go, so that you'll have them uh, named correctly. And then there's that yeah. kicker thing. So if you're using Google Drive or you're using Office 365, maybe you're going to use some of the exact same stuff you did for last year. So don't recreate the wheel. Just you know copy that folder and then rename it. Yeah, exactly. It's easier to go in and take stuff out than to put stuff in. Yes. So yes, you can absolutely. always you know copy that folder and then just go delete the stuff from that new copied folder that you don't need for this year. Right. Yeah. And start renaming. So that's where it gets fun. And uh, then uh, if you're using uh, Google Classroom, uh, if you haven't already done so, then you also want to get in there and uh, start moving stuff around to prep for the new school year. So if you have classes that you used last year and you're going to reuse those, um, you need to uh, you know take the steps necessary in order to um, facilitate that, right? So you want to get in there and, and duplicate classes or uh, if you're going to create new classes and move your content over, whatever you're going to do, then uh, if school is starting, you know, Monday, now's a good time to do that. <laughs> yeah, the right time to do that one. <clears throat> and also, when it comes to email and communication, you know, this year you might want to uh, archive some of that old email. You might look at that big old inbox of yours and go, good Lord, look at all the email I've got in there. So, mm -hmm. you know, I like to go back a year. So if I was starting this year off, I might go back to August 1st, 2015 and archive anything before that. So right. I, I like to keep a year, you know, hot in the inbox in case I need to pull anything out of it. Now, in Google and in Office 365, you can search everything, including the archives. Right. So exactly. when you're searching, you're searching everything you have there. It's just shuffling around to those uh, labels, as they call them, mm -hmm. or folders, if folders, you want to call sure. them, whatever you want to say about that. But, you know, maybe it's time to do that checklist. The other thing is, is that, you know, get your stuff staggered and make a list of what's most important and what uh, could wait for the tech department. You could help them out tremendously by making, uh, you know, this is top priority. This is, you know, least priority. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to need this until October, but I could use this tomorrow. Right. Just to help them out because... Remember that uh, tech departments are usually not very large and they're running around uh, trying to get as much done in a short amount of time. So well, and I think it's important. One of the things that you, you know, what you just said there in terms of um, 
you know, if I know I'm not going to need this until October, it, it's not an emergency. It's not necessarily critical. But by the same token, um, don't put off saying that it's not working. That's one of the things that we find. Um, and I don't know, maybe it, maybe it also applies outside of education, but we see it in education a lot um, where we don't know that something is broken uh, because nobody tells us. Uh, you know, I can't fix the problem if I don't know it's broken. Uh, and then preferably, uh, it's most helpful the earlier you know it's broken, even if you don't need it right away. The, as soon as you know something's not working, let us know. Because let you know, let your tech guy. When I say us, not not us specifically, uh, us in the general sense of education, your your education tech departments. Let them know, uh, hey, this isn't working. Again, preferably, you know, I'm not going to use this to October, but I want you to know this wasn't working. Or hey, I need this before school starts. It's not working. Or if you just turn the thing and says, hey, here's a work order. This isn't working. Just wanted to let you know because then at least you've got a record of the fact that you said this wasn't working. And the tech department also has a record saying, oh, okay, this isn't working. We need to look at this. You know, like I said, if we don't know, we can't fix it. Exactly. So there's a, a small little helpful tech list checklist for the tech list <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the school year. That's right. Um, if you don't checklist your tech list, you have a rec list. <laughs> mole, mole. <laughs> So um, we were also, so this is a big one, and uh, this one's probably going out more to tech coordinators, our buddies out there, our compadres in the trenches, and uh, we, we like the title of this one, Sippa, 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 Help Ya, Help Ya, Help Ya. <laughs> I left the can I out, didn't I? You did. You left the, you left the can out. Sippa, 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 Can I Help You, Help You, Help You. That's it. Sorry. That's how we answer the phone around here. Sippa, <laughs> Sippa, Sippa, Can I Help You, Help You, Help You. Yeah, this one does go out. It goes yeah. out to the admins. Woo! The admins. So um, remember, a SIPA-compliant internet safety policy must be approved by your school board each year. Yes. So uh, if you're doing E-rate, that's one of the big things to make sure that you're going to get your money and keep your money right. from the old E-rate folks. And so if you're not on the agenda yet, then you need to go ahead and get on that first agenda. In fact, I happen to tell you, I'm on the agenda this coming Monday. Oh, school, there you go. First school board meeting in August to... You know, read mine to them and say, please accept this as our SIPA compliance. We use iBoss and blah, blah. We tell them who, what we use for SIPA compliance. Right. And we tell them what our internet safety uh, policy is, and they approve it. It's the same one as it was last year, but it still has to be approved sure. uh, for every year. Tell us what else. Well, and that's one of the things that you, you hit on a good point. Tell um, me about the internet safety policy, David. I'm going to <laughs> stop interrupting me. Um, but what do you think about the internet safety policy? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Today's show, I'm afraid Jeff will no longer be with us. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> all right. So, um, in all seriousness, here, <clears throat> uh, your SIPA compliant policy means that it's got certain things uh, that address internet safety specifically. Uh, for example, access by minors to inappropriate matter on the internet. That is, how are you helping specifically to prevent access to such material? As best you can. Now, that's one big thing about SIPA. SIPA doesn't say you have to block everything. SIPA says you have to make your best efforts to block the materials that students aren't shouldn't have access to. So how are you doing that? And then what happens if a student violates that policy? So you're blocking content, but a student specifically either 
VPNs around your filter or they're, you know, they find alternate ways to spell things so that they get certain images and videos to come up. What, what is the procedure? What is the policy for handling that in the district? Um, also, uh, it needs to address the safety and security of minors when using electronic mail, chat rooms, and other forms of direct electronic communications. Remember, uh, under U.S. law, children under 13, under the age of 13, uh, are supposed to be prohibited from having direct personal access to certain services like email, social media, etc. So how is your district handling accounts for those younger students? Uh, and for example, in Google, go ahead. In Google, yeah, there's the beautiful part. In Gmail, Google Gmail, for sure. students, you can block, um, you could, they can have email mm -hmm. where they could possibly email their parents and outside of the district, but all email coming in is only can only be sent to them from inside right. that domain. Yeah. So that's a great way to handle that. So your students still have email. Uh, they just have email internally, as you would say. Right, exactly, exactly. And that's one way to handle it. There are plenty of other ways, but that's definitely one way um, to handle that. Also, your SIPA policy needs to cover unauthorized access, including so-called hacking and other unla excuse me, unlawful activities by minors online. So, again, so you're supposed to stop them from hurting yourself. Right, yes. <laughs> or anybody else, for that matter, from yeah, your I mean, place yeah. of business. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, But also... You know, so what what measures are you taking in your district to uh, prevent hacking, VPN access, that type of thing? And then again, what is the policy if a student violates uh, those procedures uh, and and those particular policies? So, um, as we're going through these lists and things that we're coming up with here, uh, if you've got um, things that you want to share out, remember you can reach out to us on Twitter hashtag etg chat. You can also reach out to us directly at Edu Tech Guys on Twitter, um, also through Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash edutechguys. Um, but right now, uh, you, well, oh, you can also do uh, radio.edutechguys.com on Mixler, sign in and use the chat. So the main, the main way to share that feedback right now with us, uh, use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag ETG chat, or use the mixler.com chat. So continuing, <laughs> sorry for that brief little uh, interlude there, but I thought it, you know, if you guys wanted to share some information about that, we'd love to hear from you. Um, other things that your SIPA compliant policy has to include, um, how do you address unauthorized disclosure, use, and dissemination of personal information regarding minors? That is huge. You, know, you can't be giving out minors' names and addresses and, you know, shoe size and all that kind of stuff. What, what, are, you, what are you doing to help curtail such information getting out? And then if it, such information gets out, what is your policy to handle that? And finally, what measures are you taking to restrict minors' access to materials harmful to themselves? And again, you just have to address that. How, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and remember that this all falls in line with to the best of your ability, money-wise exactly. and the whole bit. Now, just a few years ago, uh, one of the largest uh, firewalls in, in the world had a major backdoor flaw in it from uh, mm -hmm. from a piece of software, and it was being uh, taken advantage of. So there's the thing. Now, if you just don't do anything at all, then you know, well, that's it. If you leave to go on vacation and leave your uh, your, your door standing wide open and the keys in your car, well, then, you know, that's what's going to happen. But this is not to scare you and make you think, oh gosh, we can't. Yeah, you can. You do the best that you can do. And so 
Um, here in Arkansas, it's all moving over to the state's responsibility as a whole, pretty much, because right. they're putting in their own firewall that we will all use. And uh, it is still our responsibility to make sure that we follow that compliance. Sure. So, you know, along with that, it might be time to clean up those lists, white lists and black lists that you have to uh, add and remove sites from, to reflect the policies you have in place. Because maybe social media policy has changed. Sure. Uh, maybe that, you know, some of those sites that you were blocking before, you're not blocking now. And it might be time to, to, to pull up that old firewall and, and take a, a whack at it with the old cleanup hammer. <laughs> hey, like that one. I don't know where that came from. I don't Jeff's just throwing stuff donuts. out there. They came from donuts. Those donuts, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm going to be, you cut me, I would bleed icing at this point. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, we're going to take a quick oh, break and hit a little music hallelujah. with our new format here. Uh, we're going to play a little music and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Hey, this is uh, Nick Flora with uh, Kick and Screen.
Hey, we want to thank the good doc. He's our he's our tweet manager out there. He <laughs> exactly come for the show, stay for the sugar filled madness that is the Ed Tech Doc. Hey, that was Nick Flora with uh. Kick and Scream. Uh, you know we always like to play music here. If you, if you listen to the show and you know musicians out there, please send us some music. Not that we don't mind playing what we play, because we love all the artists that send us music. But we uh, we love to share some more music with. You. Yeah, we want to you know we want to get out there and and help independent artists uh, get their music out there, and and share that with uh, everyone who's listening or who may listen later. Bingo. Hey, when we left, we were talking about SIPA compliance, and um. That's I, well, I want to reiterate, that's not to scare you. SIPA compliance is not a scary thing. Um, it's just us doing the best job we can to keep kids from, you know, getting into anything bad or seeing anything bad or doing anything bad on the Internet. Now, interestingly enough. <laughs> here's, here's a, I just want to, I, I would, wait, before you get started, I just have to say to the listening audience. Jeff has a very interesting <laughs> grin and twinkle in his eye going here. I, I don't know what he's, I don't know where this is going. Well, what I, what I was going to say is that the majority of our kids at, after a certain age are, are, are already carrying their own device mm -hmm. that is not SIPA compliant. True. And that's one of the things I try to get across to our educators wherever we travel to or whatever school we're at is that you can do the best you can do. Right. But if they want to post a picture of you or they want to look at whatever they want to look at, they're going to pull their phones out and they're going to do whatever they want to do. So interestingly enough, unless the federal government passes a law that makes parents comply to SIPA, right. which would sure make a lot of companies a lot of money. Yeah, you got that right. As a lot of net nanny and all that kind of stuff that would, you know, sure. wow, that'd make a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, there's the thing: is it on? You know, well, in my house, <laughs> right? This right. is what you're gonna do, and and that's what we do. And you know, the interesting part is, is that kids have data allowances on their phones and things like that. So, right. But you know, you're not gonna stop Snapchat. You're not gonna stop uh, Facebook. You're not gonna stop Pokemon Go. You're not gonna stop any of that. They're gonna do it with their device anyway. So, uh, just to throw that out out there, I I think soon we'll be at a point where. You know, that will probably be just a moot point. You know how I feel about BYOD and bring your own device. Right. So I think we're going to get to that point. Well, we're there now anyway. It's a moot point now. You're not going to stop high school kids. You're not going to stop a kid carrying their own cell phone unless you make rules in your school to stop that usage. But there's the interesting part is that, you know, I was just saying up the other day, you've got those kids that are going to use it for good and use it for evil. Well, right, and so it's your just, policy it's human nature. Well, and that's true, but the and, and that's where the policy comes into play. What happens when you have a child who does that? I mean, this to me, this is no different than you know little Johnny bringing one of his daddy's girly magazines, and you know he's got his science book open, but then when the teacher goes around behind him, oh, there's that inappropriate material, or for that matter, it could just be a comic book, whatever's you know just not educationally related. What do you do? You know, are you going to ban all magazines from the school? No, you deal with that student, you discipline that student, you handle it. That's right. The same thing with internet access. Now, <clears throat> some schools do have policies that say when you are, are on campus and you bring your own device, you will attach to the school's Wi-Fi in order to access your classroom resources or what have you, and and that's that's the policy and that's the rule. So if you don't, then you're, you are out of policy, and therefore whatever disciplinary actions go along with that, you suffer the consequences. Right. Isn't 
isn't that interesting though when you get into that? I mean, like, so you know, if any of us could do that. We could say, listen, the only way you can get to you know, blah blah blah, is if you do it through the school Wi-Fi. Right. Well, but that kind of you know shoots the whole horse in the in the leg kind of thing because if you can't do it when you leave school, then I'm I'm just saying, be no, no, yeah, I agree. Well, it, no, well, it's, it's 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 a weird trading place. Hmm. Like today in yeah. a workshop, I did. I said, let me show you the help desk. Oh wait, I can't show you the help desk because our help desk only works internally. Right. Because we like to keep it close from the outside. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, anybody you know, could be. Yeah, I could be submitting help tickets, tickets to your yeah, system. Right. And people, well, you should be able to just. Well, some parts of our we have a guest ticketing system also. So you know, but you know, there's that there's that thing. And I mean, that's always going to be a discussion. So I just wanted to bring it up and just yeah. say that you know, there's one of those sipa things. Sipa things. Sipa. But um, yeah. The other thing, the other topic that we had posted today, uh, one of our topics we put in the old show notes was uh, uh, why our heads and everything else should be in the cloud. And I, uh, I, let's just throw this out there. Whether it's Google Apps for Education or Office 365, you can definitely save yourself lots of headaches by heading to the cloud. And, and that's actually directed not only to tech admins and school districts and businesses, and every, it's directed to everyone. I mean, at this point, we have data speeds on the planet, especially in the United States, whether it's from your cell phone, or your home, or from school, we have data speeds now that working from the cloud and in the cloud is just, what, why don't you? I mean, you're there. I, I can't think of any other reason you wouldn't want to work in the cloud. Well, I, I mean, you have the same, and I hate to use the word old, I mean, you know, crud, the whole concept of cloud computing is not all that old to start with, but no. you've got the old argument, um, and, and I'm not saying this is a right argument or a wrong argument. I'm just saying this is an argument that comes up um, because I don't want my stuff housed somewhere that I don't have the control over it. I don't want someone else, i.e. somebody at Google having access to my file. So sure. I'm leaving everything on my computer and leave sure. me alone. But the funny part is, is that ever since the turn of, of the beginning of time, when I took my six shiny pebbles to the shiny pebble bank and left them there, <laughs> Somebody else, somebody else could get to my shiny pebbles. True. True. I mean, I think that it's, I, I hear where people are coming from. And, you know, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever been maybe that way. I don't know. Maybe I have. It, the, the interesting thing is, is that Bonnie and Clyde wouldn't have made a living if banks were impenetrable. Right. And so nothing is impenetrable. True. True. Oh, well, I, and, and I will tell you, I did come, I was very old school when, especially when, um, Google was first coming out with Google Apps for Education. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm, I don't even think it was called that yet. Um, and w and when Microsoft was first playing around with its environment, um, and and there was a lot of talk about moving into the cloud and doing this and doing that. And I was very opposed. I wanted to make sure that you know I was going to have email at my place and I was going to have all the files stored on my servers. And you know, because I wanted the control, I wanted to, I felt that I was the responsible party. And so therefore, if it was all in the cloud and something went wrong, I had no control over that. And so therefore, you know, when it all fell on my shoulders, I'm going to take this big hit for something that I had no control over. Right. All right. So what's interesting is that over time, those are the same some of the same arguments as to why I went to the cloud. Exactly. I mean, really, right? <laughs> right. If it's in the cloud and something happens, guess what? Actually, that's not my responsibility. Sorry. Uh, you know, I hate that Google lost your files 
and and I know we're recommending you go that direction, but that's really no different than if our server had crashed and you had lost your files. Now, granted, I would have a backup. Okay, well, Google has backups. You know, there are and there are procedures for reaching out to Google and saying, hey, Making yeah, my users, you know, well, well, you could reach out to them and say, hey, my users lost files. Is there a way to get some of those back? Um, but yeah, there are ways to back up your Google Drive, just like any other, you know, uh, network drive. Um, so I have done a complete 180 in terms of cloud computing. In fact, I'm so, so far that direction, uh, I'm actually looking at things like uh, Microsoft Azure services, you know, cloud-based active directory. Yeah. Actually, I'm almost to the mindset of doing away with active directory. Why do I need active directory? Just run if my users are going to log in and we're a Google apps for education environment and they can put everything in Google drive, their emails in Google, the, you know, anything they're doing, there's no reason why it, it should matter. Why, what happens when they log into a local machine? That's exactly I, right. I mean, you know, when it's all said and done, who cares? especially in my environment, I already give my users full admin rights to their machines. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that and they don't do that. I do. I'm one of the people who are like, yeah, I don't care. You know, use it the way you want to. What, you know, what's the worst you're going to do? All right. The absolute worst you're going to do is completely wreck the thing. And then we got to replace it. Okay. That happens. I think maybe once every three years, exactly. I, you know, well, and the beautiful part of it is, is that if it's in office 365 or Google apps, if it's in the cloud, then okay, did you if you already even okay, none of your documents are on here. Great, I'll just replace the machine or reload exactly. the machine or whatever. It's not a big deal. Exactly. Well, I want to quote the good doc here. He wrote, uh, "I trust Google to keep the data more secure than every person with a keyboard in the mouth." Yes, <laughs> so, so that's exactly right there. That is exactly right. But Amen you know, I mean, to that. That's the uh, it, it's it was it is hard for people to do that. But there's the interesting thing. Even today, I I know of one of our compatriots in Arkansas had posted not long ago. Um, one, my superintendent wants me to build a server system to back up all the desktops in my district, you know, and um, the, several people on the list said, dude, just use Google. And, you know, there's a lot of great third party services out there that sure. will let you create the backups and then drop those backups to Google. Right. There's the thing about Google and Office 365. You have unlimited storage. Well, at least you do in Google. I don't know about it. Uh, I don't know about Office, but... but you have unlimited storage in Google. And I mean, I would I don't know the numbers. Couldn't tell you. But. I have I have never had Google lose any files of my users. No. As far as I know, I hadn't either. I no, mean, I've had my users do weird stuff like, yes. <laughs> well, I named this folder the exact same name as a folder that I already have, and then one of them's not shit. Well, yeah. So, you know, there are glitches in anything. So. Sure. But, yeah, the main reason I was talking about getting in the cloud is definitely email. Um, that's a big one. If And I ran Exchange for years, and it's a wonderful platform. I'm not knocking it sure. at all. But I had to run an expensive server. Right. And someone had to, you know, to go in and talk to it and feed it and pet it and give it and wash it and keep right. it, you yes. know, to take yes. care of that server. Uh, storage. Yeah. Uh, hello? Well, I, and again, out of my own personal experience, we had an exchange server that uh, it was, you know, long in the tooth. Uh, and, and we were debating whether or not to go to Google Apps for Education. And a lot of us were behind it. And I had some, some at, at the time, key administrator or, well, a key administrator, but, but key administrator position who was just didn't, you know, was opposed to the, was opposed to the idea. Um, I think the idea was actually more of change rather than the actual concept. However, um, it, the, the reasoning used was much of the same reasons that I gave. 
it's right here. It's on site. If something happens to it, I, as the tech person, could work on it. Well, here was the problem. I was having to restart the exchange services. Really, it got to be about every other day. And then we had the issue where once a month, I had to send an email out to everybody and say, clean up your email box because we're filling up the server. Sure. Uh, you know, it got to be stupid is what it got to be. Sure. And eventually I was able to make the case and say, look, if we go this other direction, if we move this stuff to the cloud, you know, you're going to have way more storage. Now it was not unlimited time. And actually I'm not even sure this Gmail's not unlimited at this point. Is it for Part gaps? Storage. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, at the time it was not, you know, but it was way more storage than we were giving right. our users. Plus, and I told, <laughs> I told them, I said, you know, I don't, we won't have to waste time with this monthly, uh, you know, list of people who are the worst space offenders. It doesn't matter if, if you, and again, at that time it was not unlimited space. So if you were running out of space in your email, then it was your responsibility to clean it up because you wouldn't be able to do anything after that. I had no, I, now I had no say, I don't, you know what? I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm going to, you know, I'll show you how to do it. Right. You know, a time or two. And then after that, yeah, clean up your house. That's you the know? kicker. We know and there's a crazy part. A lot of people will say, well, storage is cheap now. Well, you know, here's the crazy thing. And we'll talk, we'll talk about storage first. Yes. Um, storage is much cheaper than it was a year ago and five years ago and 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. you know, it's dramatically dropped, dramatically dropped. Dramatically. So the, the interesting thing though, is you go, well, I'll, I'm the, the folks will say, I've got my own storage and it's there when my people need it and blah, blah. And it's backed up and everything. Okay. So you paid for a backup service too. Right. Or a backup storage. Right. And you've got, well, we have battery uh, backups in place. Okay. And well, we have a generator. Okay. So let's add all that together. Right. So, you know, you've got two $30,000 mirroring Dells. You know, you've got another $40,000 worth of storage. Uh, then you've got another, let's say, $80,000, $50,000 worth of backup server. Uh, then you've got your, you know, five or $10,000 worth of battery backup power if you're doing it the right way. Sure. And maybe a $10,000 generator. Okay. Or free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I got an internet connection and if the power goes out and we're not here, well, it's not going to matter anyway. And right. If the power goes out, it's not going to matter anyway. There's the other part that kills me. If the power goes out, we can't get to the internet. It doesn't matter. You're sitting in a dark classroom. What are you going to get? <laughs> Why do I have to keep my switches running if the power's out? But, right. but right. you know, that, that also comes down to document creation. You know, I, and you know, I deal with a 1% now that, well, I've got to have word because that's what, so, you know, we used to buy, and it used to be much more expensive than it is now, and it's still expensive in my opinion. If you're paying anything for it, you know, you buy a full-blown copy of Office. Right. For Word. Yeah, right. And for Word, I mean for Word, for Word processor. Right, right. You know, um, I think the moment that Google Docs puts, you know, viable table support inside Google Docs, mm -hmm. they're going to blow them out of the water. But there it is again, free. Right. Or... Well, it's, you know, it's just $75 a license. Okay, you get 200 teachers. Exactly. exactly. Against free. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's one of those things. And then the, the other part is, you know, with those cloud services, video video creation and distribution, mm -hmm. forms. I mean, the list on Google and Office 365 goes on and on and on. Oh, absolutely. Now, yeah. I don't know if there's still a cost. There used to be a cost to Office 365. And I think that there still is, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. Uh, I think you get a free version. 
but it's not the full package free version. I mean, I think you can pay and actually install. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, you're you are correct. Yeah, yeah. there there is a fee for Office three sixty five uh, in your uh, environment in yeah. your in your uh, school environment, so, education environment. You know, but all of that to to be said. I'm not knocking Microsoft. Not knocking. No, anybody. no, sure. I'm just saying, you know, hey, let's be smart. Cut our costs down. Cut down the worry of tech guys. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's the thing we're going to get to a point where we go, listen, you got everything in the cloud. So why do you have to have, you know, four people on your staff? Uh, well, listen, David gets coffee every morning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's going to happen to the coffee? if nobody's there, da- you David that? gets the donuts that Jeff is mainlining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to put those in a cup and liquefy them and just pour them down my throat. They, um, but yeah, that's uh, the the cloud is and the cloud goes way beyond that. We've got a lot of services out there in education that are cloud based. Oh and yeah, they you know they completely work off the cloud, and you don't need anything but you know the interface to get to them. And that's where Chromebooks and Chrome browser and you know your browser mm-hmm. comes into play. Firefox, Safari, you know Internet Explorer, uh, what Spartan, whatever you know, whatever you're using at that moment, if it works with it. Right. Well, and it's important in case you know. People hear the word cloud all the time. It's in the cloud. What what the freak is the cloud? Okay. When it's all said and done, yes, the cloud, quote unquote, the cloud is actually a, a, a bank of servers. And, and generally, you know, if it's done right, it's multiple banks of servers located in multiple locations. So you have failover and distribution and all this other highfalutin stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you are you are taking the content that you had to manage and that you had to worry about, and you're putting that off on somebody else. Right. Well, I mean, that's really what it amounts to. And and like I said, I was so against that. I was like, I don't want that, and somebody else has had to do And I don't know. I, I I truly don't know when that switch flipped. Actually, I probably do. If I, if I were to stop and, and think about it, it was probably centered around the problems I was having with the Exchange server because of how much it was going to cost to replace the server. Woohoo! The server... Wow, that was close. The server, the software, everything else that goes with it, licensing and all that stuff. And when we weighed out, it was going to cost over $10,000 because I was going to need new equipment and a whole nine yards. And we looked at Google, which was you know still pretty young in terms of Google Apps for Education. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, yeah, but you know, I think we should try this. And then once I got a taste of not having to worry about going on vacation or going to a conference because I knew I was going to have to either remote in and try to reboot the server, or uh, many times I couldn't VPN in uh, because of issues with the server. I would have to call the office and say, okay, you know, I need, you know, I I know you're one of the clerks and and I'm sorry to do this to you, but could you go into the server room and do AB? And and they're like, what? (laughs) You know, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to break something. You know, and I, I know, I know, but, you know, so I, I mean, I really did. I, and I, I love at this point, I'm a huge supporter of moving things into the cloud and, and yeah, it means that part of that is somebody else's responsibility. Yeah, but what but. that to me, what that means is I have somebody I can call and say, Hey, this isn't working. You fix it. Well, you know, and so it's really interesting when you get down to it, you know, when, when we all kept our stuff, that's when Dropbox and those things got really hot. Oh yeah. It's like, so how do I get this? You know, well, am I going to put this on a thumb drive? Or am right. I going to put, see, and you want right. to talk about security. So you've got teachers dropping documents and information or administrators on a thumb drive. 
and then taking it off site so they can work it on at home or put it on their laptop and take it somewhere. Right. And how many of us can say, I have every thumb drive I've ever owned. No, no, exactly. no one can right. say that. Right. In fact, you probably, there's one sitting that was in a parking lot somewhere that <laughs> fell out of your pocket or somewhere else. And somebody went, Hey, look, thumb drive. I'm going to what's on here. Right. You know, there's all that. And then everyone was using Dropbox or I can't even remember all the ones that were out there. Dropbox was a big one. You right. Know? Yeah. And so you've got, but there again, we can't control that, but your teachers were doing it. Right. And, and several texts would go, well, just drop your stuff in Dropbox and you can get to it from the house. Well, that goes against the whole thing you're trying to supposedly offset here. Right. At least with Google and Office 365, you're talking about two-factor two authentication. You're talking about, you know, one centralized place that you know where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how to get to it. Right. You can, you, you've got Google admin for a reason, right? Right. You know, you've got vault for a reason. Mm-hmm. So having said that, you know, we could, we could go ad nauseum about the cloud, but when you're starting your school year, if you're not using the cloud or your district's not using uh, cloud services, you should probably, you know, ask them about that. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I won't even get into Google classroom. So, right. Well, and, and this year, uh, we, we actually have our, um, our back to school staff meeting that we have each year. And uh, that's one of the things that I'm going to get up and tell them. And this will be the, this this will be the first year that I explicitly get up and tell everybody there, hey, uh, start saving your stuff over to Google Drive. Yeah, I'm going to show you how to do it. Here it is. Um, but you know, if if you're not saving it to Google Drive, I'm not really worried about backups. I'm not you know if you lose something in your quote unquote home folder, sorry, you know uh, we are putting it out. I'm you know I'm I'm encouraging you to use Google Drive. Um, we actually have, uh, for some of our, um, we've been testing here with several of our staff members, a program called Backblaze. Um, it's kind of like Carbonite. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's an offsite backup system that will back up your computer. And, uh, we've been using that for some of the folks who do use, uh, who do save some, uh, data to their machines that, you know, we have deemed as relatively, relatively critical, uh, so you you still may have some machines that you actually need that kind of hands-on, um, you know, it, it's got to be or or it's going to be stored locally and we still need methods for backing that data up and keeping it safe and secure. Um, but for the most part, man, I, like you said, throw it in Google Drive. It's secure. The fact that I can manage that information as an administrator, you know, I could, if somebody leaves, I can go in Immediately, you know, I can suspend that account. I can change that password, but I could still get to the data if I needed to get to right. it. Right. So it, it's it's not like it's untouchable because it's in the cloud. It's just not right here on site. Bingo. Bingo. Did we beat that horse to death? No, I think so. We tried to do that on occasion. I wonder... You think we got our point across to how we feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a little gray. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to drop out. It's our new format of playing a little music in between so that David and I can come down off the donut sugar high that we're on and uh, <laughs> get back to business. Hey, we're going to listen to little Nick C here. Just love me. Stay tuned to Edutech Guys Radio. We'll be right back. <laughs> Upon me, and your silhouette is near. 
Hey, you're listening to EduTech Guys, coming to you live from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op, Hope, Arkansas. That was Nick C. with Just Love Me, one of our favorite artists here on the EduTech Guys. Welcome back. We were just finishing up talking about keeping your head in the clouds. So that's what we do. Nick C. Nick C., what did I say? Did I not say Nick C.? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, the okay. good, the, the good doc said he can see a candy bar, but didn't see the donuts. They, they're over, they're over, they're out of view. We took the donuts away. The donuts had to be removed. We, we the, had, we had picture. to actually set them away from us. If you're watching us on Twitter or following us on Twitter, you can see a picture there we just posted of the uh, Edutech guys and uh, being crazy in the action. Yeah, we were just talking about, uh, you know, why our heads and everything else should be in the cloud. And as usual, David and I really get on a tear. So. Uh, Good stuff, though. I think it was. If you want to listen back to the show, uh, head on over to iTunes, go to the podcast section, and look up EduTech Guys. Yeah, absolutely. You can actually pretty much fix. Uh, fix. You can actually visit pretty much any podcasting service out there. Uh, we're registered on most, and you can search EduTech Guys and find our feed, or just head over to www.edutechguys.com. At the top of the page, click podcast, and hey, guess what? You're there. You You're listen. there. You're welcome to download those files, listen to them anytime you want to. And speaking of being there, being there, we are going to be. You want to see us live? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. He took you to stop that train. Sucked the, the motion out of that monkey. Anyway, we are going to be live in Savannah, Georgia, at the AESA conference in late November, early December, and then we are going to be at Fetsy F E T C in January. That is in Orlando, and we've got some other things that uh, we're kind of cooking on, so we're just uh, waiting to hear back from some folks, so uh, we will definitely be in other places. If you would like us to come out live to your event and provide live event coverage, give us a shout. Go to edutechguys.com, go to the bottom and fill out the form, or you can reach out to us directly. Jeff at Edutech Guys or David at Edutech Guys, and we'll be happy to work with you to come out and provide live coverage of your event. And remember, you can also catch us on social media, www.twitter.com slash edutechguys, facebook.com slash edutechguys, instagram.com slash edutechguys, google.com plus sign edutechguys. So you can find <laughs> us on the web. Just go to Google, type in edutechguys, and uh, they'll... We'll be there. Please That's don't us. click on the images. There, we're not sure what actually might come up. <laughs> we, are, we are not responsible for images found with Edutech guys tagged. <laughs> so listen, uh, <laughs> it's getting close to the end of the wow. old show. I think we've had a good time today, and uh, yeah, man, we always have a good time. We always have a good time. We hope the rest of you are too, but we're having a good time. So you know, right now, that's uh, since there's nobody else in the room. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but you know what time it is? It's time for Google Tip of the Week. I say I don't take that from David. He looks forward to that. Seven days. He has to wait seven days for that every I week. I practice. All he practices week. all the time. <laughs> I sing it in my sleep. Stop singing that in the shower. <laughs> All right, so this week's Google Tip of the Week actually was something that was released today, I believe. Um, actually, this is showing that it was... Oh, yeah, never mind. Yes, today. Sorry, I'm, my brain is not working. It is making email safer with new security warnings in Gmail. So now there are a couple of things that if you're using the web version of Gmail or if you are using uh, Gmail on, the, on an Android, um, 
where the uh, profile picture of the sender usually is on the left side of your inbox message. If Google can't verify uh, or can't authenticate the sender through various policies, uh, then it will show up with a stop sign with a question mark. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a fake sender, but it definitely means, hey, you might want to, you know, double check. Uh, and yeah. make sure this message actually looks Now, if it's legit. your grandmother that's always been writing you from the same email address for the last 10 years, then it's probably okay. It just means that they haven't verified it against that email server. Right, exactly. Uh, also, if you receive a message with a link to a dangerous site known for phishing, malware, or unwanted soft software, excuse me, uh, you're going to see warnings when you click on the link. You'll see uh, a, a warning that actually pops up and says, warning, visiting this website might harm your computer. You can continue to this website at your own risk, da 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 da, da. Um, And you can go to googleappsupdates.blogspot.com and check out the latest updates. But that is a cool one I thought I wanted to, uh, I thought it'd be cool to share. Um, it's not just for Google Apps for Education. That applies to anyone using Gmail. They're making email safer with new security warnings. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and listen to just so you know, uh, I believe the Nigerian prince was finally arrested. Oh, it's about freaking a time. That's one of those probably. Yes. Listen, now, now we can't validate this Nigerian prince. Now, what happens if you get one from a Nigerian prince and it's and it is validated by Google? Does that mean that it's, that it's real and I should send him that five fifty thousand dollars to get him out of jail and I, release the money? Off the top of my head, I'm going to go with no, but. You know, yeah. to each his own, use at your own risk. We've got to wrap up the show because I've got to call the bank. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just made a big screw up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Hey, listen, like David said, uh, catch us live out there in uh, December and in uh, January. Also in October, uh, we've got some stuff lined up there. We're just kind of wrapping those things up. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we're going to talk about them after the show. And uh, we, David and I Sweet. like to go out and play a little Rochambeau, so rock, paper, scissors, see who's going to win, and that's how we decide where we're going to go to. Like he said, um, anytime you want to uh, catch us or have us come to your conference or your school, yeah, we love to do workshops. We love to teach people about podcasting. We love to show them how to integrate podcasting into the classroom and everything from writing to arithmetic. We can show you how you can use podcasting in your classroom. Absolutely. Well, it's been a great show. It's been awesome. I've had a lot of fun. I hope, I hope uh, those of you out there listening either live or, um, I was going to say, you know, on Memorex, but <laughs> A, that's, you know, a term I probably can't use, and B, that's an old school reference. But anyhow. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, those of you listening live or on the podcast, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it a whole lot. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. And I'm David Henderson. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site and this program to those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the B Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of High Performance Leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Eberly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show. And we've had conversations with Baruti Caffele, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, 
New perspectives from authors you admire and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to the Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.